Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Here in the great city of Chicago, if you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. I'm going to fall over. Why? What's going on? You seem to be struggling to start the show. <laughs> the chair, one of the wheels is bent, like it's missing part of the wheel right now. Oh, this chair has that too. And it's bent, and yeah. I feel like I'm going to tip over at any second. Like the wheel is going to snap, and I'm just going to go face first into this console right here. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's fine. I'm just letting people know that. Watch me uh, fall on twitch.tv slash be great content. Chicago. It would be. We'd probably get some good uh, social posts off of it. What? That's it. Oh, okay. I was just waiting for, for you to finish. I just want to let you know I might fall. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, Why we, are you being awkward about I'm it? I'm not. Uh, you kind of uh, are. Sean and Kevin are both watching your back. Uh, they, they've got it covered. If you fall, they're going to come and pick you up. No. Oh, okay. I'll catch well, you, Adam. Sean, yeah. Sean, Sean might. I, 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 you're getting nothing from me. Can't get it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. This chair that I'm sitting in has been broken for at least a month. With the and, wheel? Yeah, there, there's a bad wheel on it. So you, what you have to do is you have to rotate it to the back and then pull from the front and then get the front wheels to work and then boom. Then you're good. That's my move, though. But if you get the front wheel, uh, if you get that broken wheel on <laughs> yeah. the front, it, you're right. It will. It feels like it's going to topple. That's so do, where the, that's do where a little the broken rotation. wheel is. Do a little rotation and put that broken little... wheel in the back, and I think you'll be fine. So what am I? What's the move? Rotate it to the rotate back. It, rotate Wherever it is, put it in the back. Rotate it to the back. Now use the front and pull forward. Oh, I'm going to have to use this move later. See? Does that work? Yeah. See? You're good. Rotate to the back and pull forward. <laughs> yes. All right. I got to remember rotate that. Rotate to the back and then pull forward. I got to remember that. Uh, speaking of, we saw the Giants rotate to the back and pull forward last night over the Packers. Look at that segue, Marconi. Uh, yeah. 24-22, Monday Night Football. Green Bay now falls to 6-7 and seven on the season. The Packers will play the Buccaneers this weekend at Lambeau Field. You know, the Bears are coming off that big win against the Lions uh, on Sunday. Uh, we talked last night with TJ Edwards for Bears Night in Chicago, and the Bears win the game 28-13. to The Bears are starting to progress, right? They're, they're playing better football. The defense has been outstanding in the last month, and the Bears are 5-8. and eight. I bring this up in watching the Packers last night lose to the Giants because if you're a Bears fan who's hoping for pie-in-the-sky, best-case scenario, Bears win out, what you're going to need is some help from those in the conference to take care of business on those who are in front of you in the division. Because right now, the Packers are only one game ahead of the Bears in the division. And the Vikings, who are two games up on the Bears in the division, even though you've split with the Vikings on the season series, the Vikings made news today as well. They're going to start Nick Mullins at quarterback this weekend uh, when they play Cincinnati on Saturday. So Vikings two games up, Packers one game up. The Bears are not out of it yet at 5-8, and eight, which I think is all we were kind of asking for as we entered this season back in the summer when we were talking about this at Bears training camp. We wanted to see the Bears in the mix when we got to early December. Yeah, and I think that this, uh, this next game here against the Browns presents an opportunity to get 
you know, to further this along, right? You're facing a very good defense. We know the offense has been fine with Joe Flacco, but they haven't really, like, he still throws interceptions. They've still got some injuries out there. Obviously, Joe Flacco is their backup to the backup and what they're doing here. And so I think this this is more of a test for the offense, right? This is the best defense in the NFL. And this kind of brings that momentum and keeps that momentum going because, you know, you beat the uh, Vikings, you have the bye, you beat the Lions. That's two division games in a row that you've won now. You beat the Browns. Hopefully some people lose. It helps you out. Then you've got two very winnable games at home against the Cardinals, who have the second-worst defense in the NFL. So you would think that Justin Fields and the offense would be able to put up some numbers. You've got the Cardinals right now who are decent. They're not great, but they're decent. But as a measuring stick for where this team is right now, I would think that the, like, if we use the, is it the transitive property? We're going to call it the transitive property. If we think that the Lions are better than the Falcons and the Falcon and the Bears just beat the Lions, we should think that the Bears should beat the, the Falcons, right? Sure. Okay. Solve for X. Um, and then I think, I said that the Lions game was the most important game of the five remaining. And now that there are only four remaining, I believe that the most important game on the schedule is the Packers game. That's the most important game on the schedule. I understand that uh, Shane Norling was in with uh, Yurko today and wanted to make the case that this is the most important game. And yes, if your goal is to make the playoffs, which their goal is to make the playoffs, then yes, it is the most important game because you have to keep winning in order to make the playoffs. So that I understand. But to me, for the future of this team, I would like to see them beat the, beat the Browns, but I have a feeling that we're going to see the same kind of rock fight that we saw against the Vikings. Two very good defenses. Two top 10 defenses. If you go by uh, DVOA, current metrics right now, the Bears through the last from eight to eight, weeks 8 to 14 have a top 10 defense. So right now, since adding right before Montez Sweat got here, they've got a top 10 defense. So you've got two top 10 defenses going against each other, an offense that is run by Joe Flacco, and the Bears offense, which has been better but can be inconsistent against, against top defenses. I'm projecting more of a rock fight in that 12 to 9 range and then i think you've got winnable games against the cardinals and the falcons but to me if you want to make a statement if you're the bears if you're matt eberflus if you're justin fields if you're luke getsy you want to make a statement and say remember week one Mm -hmm. when we got our ass kicked guess what now we're the better team and now we're gonna go to lambeau and do the same thing that you did to us week one of the nfl season when you came to Chicago and beat the Bears. So I'm looking at, I'm still looking at this four game sample size. I think this week is going to be tough for the offense against the Browns. But if we're like creating a hierarchy of games, they're all important, obviously. But weighted wise, I think the Packers is first for me. And then this Browns game is probably second because that's a true test for this offense. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and I think that's where we've seen the, the Bears offense go against different styles of defense and struggle at times, obviously. And the, the success that they've had has been against teams that don't really have noteworthy defensive units. Uh, and the, the ones that I think about is like at the time, the success fields had against the Broncos, the Broncos were not having a good time defensively. The metrics for the Broncos' defense in the last month, much much like the Bears, has completely flipped, where the Broncos have had the best defense in the NFL in the last month. Uh, and and that, that's backed up by DVOA metrics, that, that Denver's defense has been playing that well. If you go to a team like Washington, when they faced off, their secondary was a complete mess. Fields had a lot of success. And I, I think that's where you kind of look at this, at least I do from this vantage point, 
you, you see the Giants win a game they weren't expected to win last night. They beat the Packers. There's no guarantee. People thought that the Packers would finish out with five wins mm-hmm. to end this season. They lose that game. Jordan Love, I mean, for all the crap that people give Justin Fields for not being a great quarterback, Jordan Love, 25 for 39, 218 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, he had a couple really great throws. He had a couple really terrible throws mm-hmm. last night. You lose the football game. No guarantee with the Packers, and the Bears are only one game back. With Minnesota, now going from Dobbs to Mullins as your starting quarterback, there's no guarantee there that the Vikings are going to win any games here down the stretch. In fact, winning last week 3 nothing over the Raiders, I think should prove everything. that like The, the Vikings are a team that's okay at the moment. But starting the backup to a backup to a backup quarterback in this situation for the Vikings, who knows how this turns out. And if I look at the three teams, Abdel ran through the Bears' schedule, and right now the wins that the Bears will face against the teams on their schedule left, the Bears have 23 wins total, the teams that they will play. Mm-hmm. right? Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, and Green Bay. They, they total up for 23 wins. The Packers, the teams that they face in the final four weeks, 19 is the number. So obviously the Packers have the easiest of times and the Vikings have the hardest. Uh, the, the wins for the teams the Vikings face in the last four weeks is 31. They face the Lions twice, Cincinnati this weekend, who is a seven-win team, and mm-hmm. Green Bay, a six-win team. To me, the Vikings are gettable, even though they're up two games on the Chicago Bears at this moment. Now the key to this entire conversation as a Bears fan, though, is this. The Bears have to win. They have to continue to win. If they trip up against Cleveland, then this stuff kind of goes out the window. If they can't beat the Packers at the end of the season, it's out the window. But with four weeks to play and only being two back of the Vikings, I think the Bears can make a run to catch Minnesota and Green Bay. I don't think it's out of the question. No, I don't think it is either. I think that, you know, obviously last night helped. But I think that if you look at this team and also compare them to the Lions that they just beat, right? Like last season... The Lions started 1-6, and six, and by the end, were the darlings of the NFL. You know, I think the Bears have a chance to do that. They started 0-4. They're 5-4 and four since. And I think they've got, got an opportunity to string together enough wins to become that team. And, you know, to go back to Matt Eberflus, like, everyone wanted Dan Campbell fired after 1-6, and six, right? And then now, oh, he's, he's not the best coach in the NFL. Like, he's not the best coach. But you know what I mean. Like, everybody loves him. Everybody wants to play for him. He's great. He's awesome. Why can't that be Matt Eberflus? Why can't that be Justin Fields and Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus? I think you're right. If they make a run, and we're talking about that Packers game potentially being a game to make a wild card, like think about where we were, you know, after the, not even after 0-4, after the Chargers game. Go back to the game against the Chargers when they, they just looked absolutely overmatched to a team that was kind of struggling at the time, but it was like, all right, they cracked their knuckles, and they're like, we're going to get right against the Bears. And that's exactly what they did. They got right against the Bears. Now Herbert's injured, and he's going to miss the rest of the season. But after that game, we were sitting there talking about how, listen, this isn't it. This is not going to work. This is not sustainable. Like, Eberflus isn't ready for big games. He's not ready to face teams that are better than him. It's time to move on. And now, if they can turn it around... And find a way to be in the wild card conversation. Just be in the conversation. That's all we said in the beginning. I said at the beginning of the season. You did too. I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs. But I want them to be in the hunt. I want them to be that team that teams are talking about next year. That teams are saying, listen, they didn't make the playoffs. They missed it by a game. 
But watch out for the Bears next year. They got a number one pick. They got a mountain of money they can spend. All these young players and all their signings play really well, are starting to show off, show out. This defense looks really good. I don't see how making a run like that and then keeping everyone and having continuity is a bad thing. I, I'd say this. When, when you look at it, and it's wild to be in this spot, right? Like, it's wild to be sitting here and go through the month of September where the Bears don't win a game, right? And the ups and downs of what we saw through October. And you, la- you labeled it and you listed it off with the Chargers game. They were embarrassed in that matchup. And they were embarrassed to open the season. And, and I think if you want to have the conversation about the head coach... I'm not trusting that that Eberflus is necessarily 100% the guy for the future. What I do know at this moment is it seems as if the team is improving and they're playing for the head coach. Do I think he's the guy to win a Super Bowl here? I'm going to guess no. That's probably not the case. Does that mean he needs to be fired the moment the season ends? I don't know. It's open for me. I, I'm willing to suggest that he should come back if they continue to improve and continue to win the way they have throughout this last month. And I, I think that's where it's a wild kind of path that, and journey we've been on throughout this season. And the NFL season isn't won or lost in September. Just like in college football. The college football season isn't won or lost in September. A lot of things were, were hyped up in September. We talked about it. And what happens in uh, November and October shapes the college football season. And things kind of go away into the background. And, and I think the same thing with the NFL season is a lot of winning takes place in November, December, and January. Mm-hmm. And for us to be on the air in the summer and saying all we want this team to do is to be in the hunt, and we both think they're going to go over the win total, so eight wins is what we were saying, mm. but we don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And for it still to be realistic as we sit here on December the 12th, I'm kind of amazed at that being a possibility still based on the way they played at times this season, especially with the four games that they started the season with where they didn't look competitive in three of the four games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it just what, you know, sometimes when it comes to having opinions and sports talk radio and, and all the clips you see online, people want answers in the moment. But sometimes you can't necessarily have the answer, but it's wild to see the journey from the start of the season when we look at the expectations to how low this team looked and how bad they looked and ill-prepared for many of these situations to now starting to piece things together and looking at an uh, an idea where, hey, you got four weeks left. I'd say three of those games are absolutely winnable. You could win four in a row to end the season here uh, uh, with what you have in front of you, putting together a nice run at the end. And by the way, if you do that, you're going to get into the playoffs because like I listed off, the Packers and the Vikings, I think they're gettable. Well, it's also, to me, more than just wins and losses, right? Like, if you watch the games and look at what's happening on the field, and not just the splash plays that you see on, on Instagram and on Twitter, like, the, t- the team is improving. The pressure is, is finally not just getting pressure on the quarterback. Because remember the game against the Bucks, They were getting to Baker Mayfield. They couldn't bring him down. Yeah. Now those are turning into sacks, right? Right. The, intercept, the almost interceptions are turning into interceptions, right? The Justin Fields making the, oh, this guy's wide open. Of course he's going to hit him. Now he's hitting Cole Komet for eight yards to get a first down. He's making crazy throws to Mooney on the sideline to get a first down. They're making the adjustments in game. If, if this game 
that happened on Sunday was earlier in the season, and the Bears were winning, and then by halftime they were losing, I'd be like, well, pack it up. That's it. They're not going to make good enough adjustments to be able to compete with the Lions. The Lions are going to come out of halftime, score. It's going to be a 20-10 to 10 game or 17-10 to 10 game, and that's going to be it, right? But instead, that defense buckled down. They held them to a three and out. They came back out, and they didn't allow a single point the rest of the game from halftime on. So it's, all, it's, it's incremental uh, adjustments and incremental improvements that this team is having, Justin Fields in the offense, and the defense now that you're seeing. And listen, I don't know if Matt Eberflus is going to win a Super Bowl or not. I would, like you, I would say he's not. But he's turned the team around. Whether you like him or not, they're better than they were at the beginning of the year. They're better than they were last year. You can't deny that Justin Fields is playing better as a quarterback, and this defense is coming together. And I don't know... Who it's because, whether it's because they've got better players now or it's because Matt Eberflus has got them turned around. Either way, this team is better than they were when we were here two months ago. 312-332-3776. Bears fans, your thoughts on the Bears 5-8. and eight. Can they make a run? It's Black and Abdallah. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. in the Twitch chat suggesting that we should not change our opinion off of what we thought with Eberflus from earlier in the season because that was the right opinion but things change when the team is playing well absolutely like, like you can't ignore that the last month this team is playing different football than what they were playing back in September well it's also you have to know what's going on inside that building right Montez Sweat said it after the game how he was in Washington, and even before he left, guys were out. Guys have checked out. Guys weren't listening. All that kind of stuff. And it's completely different here. And then we talked to TJ Edwards last night, Bears Night in Chicago. Shout out to everyone that came out to Scratch Poorhouse, or uh, Public House. It was awesome. And he said the same thing. He said, yeah, like, he hasn't, his, he, Iberflus hasn't changed. It's not like he's frustrated. It's not like he's getting upset. Like, he stayed his path and stayed his course and knew that eventually, you know, we would get to this point. And I think that when there's a big thing of it when a team comes together and they haven't quit on the coach, right? Like they could have easily quit on the coach and been like, "This guy ain't it," you know. Like especially coming from T.J. Edwards, who was on a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, like understands what to have that championship mentality and what you have to do to get to the mountaintop. And if he's throwing that praise. And he could have just been like, yeah, you know, we're all in it together. We're a team, like all that kind of stuff. But he went above and beyond to talk about how great uh, Matt Eberflus has been in the room with the defensive players and then as a head coach because he's doing both roles too. So I don't think it's wrong to change your opinion. I keep going back. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell went 1-6 to start last year. Right. And what, you should have fired him? No, the Lions are a good team still. The Lions are a top-10 team. But you can't just give up because I'm sick of starting over. Like, I'm sick of doing this. I'm like I'm not going to come in on, on Monday 
if they lose to the Browns, like, look, if they get blown out by the Browns, I might change my tune. But if they lose another taffy pull of a game, I'm going to use every euphemism in the book for this. If they lose a game 12-9, to or they win the game 12-9, to I'm not going to be upset either way because I still think they're on the right track. I still think that the Bears are putting something together. Now, if they go 0-4 in the next four, then, yeah, we're going to have a different opinion. And people are going to be like, you guys said you wanted to keep him. Yeah, that was a month ago. And then they lost four games in a row to the end of the season. Like, there's a difference. You can have ebbs and flows to the season. It's a long, it's only 18 weeks, but it is a long NFL season. Well, and that, that's what I was pointing to uh, five minutes five minutes ago here on, on the show is like, you know, there's a comment in the Twitch chat saying, Black, three weeks ago, you wanted Flus fired. You were telling everyone to fire Flus. Yeah, three weeks ago, after the way that they were playing and the way that they were trending, I would agree with that assessment. Except for what has taken place is that in the last month, they played good football. Mm-hmm. And and I think what was impressive to me is that you win seven of eight quarters against a really good team in the Detroit Lions. It, it doesn't show me this thing that like the first game was a fluke. It, it wasn't. The Bears were the better team that day. They didn't close. Otherwise, we'd be really talking about a different situation if they would have won that first Lions game. Yeah. And so in the last three weeks, I have started to change my opinion because I think there's something happening here. I think in the final four weeks, they're going to put together a couple more wins. And at that point, we really have to look at the whole situation. Say they only they split. They get two. Is it really that disappointing of a season if they end up at seven? No, I don't if think so. If they're seven and ten. Mm-mm. Vegas had the win total for this team heading into the year at seven and a half wins. Yeah. So it would be the under, the seven, but it's pretty close. And I would sig- I would suggest that Vegas was right on at putting it at seven and a half. Yeah. So if they only win seven, is this season really a disappointment? No, I don't think so. And I think they'll be back. If they go two and two. I think they'll, everyone will be back. Well, that's my point, is that the final five weeks, and we've been saying this, you know, six weeks left, seven weeks left, hey, it's time for Flus and time for Fields to show us what they have to see if they're going to be here for the long haul, right? So far, they've passed the bar. So far, they've cleared those hurdles. And they have proven that right now, they're on pace to have a successful finish to this season. And if they do, I think he will be back, and I think Fields will be back as well mm-hmm. because of the way that they're playing now. And I think that's what's important is three weeks ago, I was saying that they should fire him based on the way that they were playing. And so if you continue with that thought process, if they go out and they go one and three to finish the season and they lose a tough game against Green Bay, I think it's likely he could still be fired. Yeah. I think and so I think too. it's likely that Fields won't be here because if they're losing these games, chances are he's not playing well. Yeah, I think it's all on the table. I think the one thing that we can uh, kind of really acknowledge, though, is in the last month, things are starting to come together. Oh, absolutely. I think if you just look at the games, if you watch the games, you'll see that. And I, I agree with you that, you know, two and two, they're probably safe. One and three, it's up for debate. I think if they get blown out by the Packers, like let's say they lose on Sunday. They win both games against the Cardinals and the Falcons, so you win your two home games, and then you go to Green Bay. If you get blown out by Green Bay, the McCaskies might be mad enough to make a move, right? Because they hold the Green Bay game to a higher standard. Yep. And, I, I mean, obviously division games mean more, and that, that game might be for something, you know? It might be something for the Packers. It might be something for both teams. Um, but I think that, you know, and also, 
you know, we, we said it, the team is playing better is like the macro, right? The big thing, the team is getting better. They're winning more games. They've won five games. They won three last year. And then if you zoom in a little closer, you can say, hey, Fields is playing better. The defense is better. But then also, like, look at the individual players that are playing better, right? Like, Jalen Johnson has a few interse- few more interceptions now. He's a, he's a lockdown player now. The linebackers, Edmonds and Edwards, have been two of the best additions on this team. Right, you add Montez Sweat, completely changes everything about this this team. Since week nine, nine through fourteen, they're second in takeaways. That starts up front. Like the system is working. Look at individual players like Cole Komet. It doesn't look like there's a ball Cole Komet can't catch. Can't run after he catches it. But it doesn't look like there's a ball that the dude can't catch right now. Right, Roshan Johnson's playing really well. You know, Darnell Mooney showed up pretty big in the last game. Yes, there was a ball that Justin overthrew, but quarterbacks, show me one quarterback that plays a perfect football game every week. It doesn't happen. You're going to get overthrows. It happens. The problem is when it happens on almost every single throw. Yeah. But Justin Fields is putting the ball into tight windows. There was a ball that he threw to DJ Moore for a first down that was basically at DJ Moore's knees. And DJ Moore helped his quarterback out by going down, tight window, caught the ball, got the first down, right? That's something that I didn't see from Fields last year. That's something I didn't see from Fields at the beginning of the season. I didn't see him making those, those quick throws to Cole Komet for first downs at the beginning of the season. He's doing it now. He's getting better. The whole team is getting better. And all these guys that Ryan Poles has brought in, a lot of them, that they've, except for Vilas, that they've brought in are playing better. And they're a younger team. They're a better team. They got a boatload of cash. They have the first overall pick. Like, the arrow is definitely, like, if you're buying stock, buy stock in the Bears. Jeremy in Phoenix, Arizona, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on? Can Love you it. hear me? Yeah, we got you, Jeremy. Oh, man, I listen, oh, shoot, sorry. I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, it's counseling, great counseling. I, li- I like uh, everything you guys are saying. I agree. Um, uh, you know, I think the team's putting the pieces into place. And I, and uh, I think they're like they're all they're all behind the coach. You know, you, I was up in the air about him to begin with, but but just with what everybody's saying, uh, I think uh, I think they believe in him. You know, and I also think that I don't care if we lose every other game this year, but that last Green Bay game, if it if it's like a prison scene and Green Bay drops the soap, I'm all in. All right, all right. Thank Thanks, thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. Appreciate the phone call. Should thank I dump you. that? Thank you. I don't, I don't, no, we'll I don't let people use so. their, yeah, use their I mean, imagination. Uh, Maybe and, he'll just pick the soap up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you for listening on the ESPN Chicago app. You can take us anywhere. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Make sure you download it. Take us wherever you go. We'll take more of your phone calls at 312-332-3776 on the Bears and the success that they've had recently. Do you think it will carry on throughout the final four weeks of the season? Think Matt Eberflus will be back. Will Justin Fields be back? We'll take your phone calls on that. But Abdallah, before we get to the Bears conversation, do you have any zoo news? 
Always, Chris. Oh. Well, hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest edition of the Zoo News. How about that? All right, Chris. Zoo News. An escaped kangaroo caught by the tail after four-day search. We head to Ontario, Canada, where what authorities were called to a routine patrol. I get it. Roo. It's, they, they, they said routine in parentheses like four times in this article. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's obnoxious. Is this what I sound like all the time? Yes. Okay. When they received a report of kangaroo sighting in Oshawa, 43 miles northeast of Toronto, apparently the, the kangaroo had been missing uh, for four days and authorities had been looking, the zoo had been looking for this uh, kangaroo because kangaroos, I don't even know this, mean. Yeah, they want to fight. They always want to fight. They're ready to square they, up. They yeah. want to bare knuckle box. It's always on site with a kangaroo. Yeah. And so uh, they found it, and the uh, kangaroo gave up and surrendered peacefully to police officers. Uh, she had to ride in one of the uh, canine kennels back to the zoo where she's being examined and treated for nothing, really. She was safe, so they're not treated for anything. Thank you to the community and all the volunteer uh, networks that have come together over the last few days to bring this situation to a happy conclusion. If you saw a kangaroo square up at you, what would you do? Kick it in the ding-ding. You you would kick. I'd kick it. I would I would run. Well, no, you know why? You know why? Because they're ready to fight with their... their yeah, they got their, their little paws They're looking up. all upper body. Yeah. I'm going lower body. They've got big legs, Lower body. Yeah, but they got to use the whole thing for balance. What if it's a female kangaroo? Yeah, what, what are you going to do then? Kick a lady there and have them tell you it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt as much. It's the same. It still hurts. You've done that? No, I'm just saying it hurts. I can't imagine getting kicked doesn't hurt <laughs> anywhere. Does it hurt more when it you get kicked like in the you balls? Were speaking from experience. No, does it hurt more when you get kicked in the balls? Sure, but like getting kicked still hurts. Of course. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, is that the end of the zoo? And that's okay, what's yeah. new at the zoo. New yeah. At the zoo. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Mark in Buffalo Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mark? Evening, gentlemen. Pardon the background noise. I'm making dinner. but um, Ooh, What are you making, Mark? I'm doing some chicken paillard, some pounded out chicken breast, and some roasted carrots. All right. Nice. Um, Very nice. 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 Yeah, keeping, nice. keeping it healthy in the week. Um, it's great to see the success of the Bears in the past few weeks. No doubt about it. But we cannot let that cloud our, our judgment on what needs to take place moving forward. You guys said yourself, Eberflus is probably not the guy who's going to win us the Super Bowl. He's a nice guy. He's done a great job with the defense. But at the end of the year, also a bye-bye. Like we, you know, we, we said goodbye to David Ross this year because we got a new coach. We're not going to not let a great coach who could be available come over because well, Eberflus did a nice job with the defense. All right, and Mark. Justin Fields. Mark, let me ask you a question before you yeah. talk about Justin Fields. Yeah. Which candidate out there will lead the Bears to a Super Bowl? Anyone who has an offensive mind. I'm sorry, but that's like where the NFL is. I think defensive coordinators and offense and, and head coaches should be paid the same because you're always going to want to keep it. You want that, that great defensive coach, but if he's your head coach and you have a good offensive coordinator, he's gone, and so is your offense. Like it's, It sucks, but that's the nature of, of the NFL. Um, and I, I, what, who's the last NFL head coach, defensive head coach, who's won a Super Bowl that's not Bill Belichick? Tomlin? Probably Tomlin. And how long ago was that? Harbaugh was a special teams coach. But yeah. you get my point, right? Yeah, I, I, I see your point. Um, I, would, I would say that 
I get your point. Thanks for the call, Mark. We appreciate it. I, I'd say yeah. the the one thing that's flawed, I, I feel, in that argument is let's just roll through recent coaches who've won Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're all about the offensive-minded darling, the, the name is Sean McVay, right? Like, that's the guy. Yeah. Because Shanahan, who everyone raves about, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. No. You know, Andy Reid has been there forever. Andy Reid's the best coach in football. Yeah, but Andy Reid's not going to be available. No, I'm saying, but he's an offensive-minded head coach. So, like, Reid, who's gotten to many Super Bowls, offensive mind, Mm -hmm. you know, who else has gotten to a Super Bowl recently? Uh, Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. The Bengals. uh, Zach Taylor. Yeah. The Bengals. Mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni. 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 I mean, like. People roasted the Eagles when they hired Sirianni. Yeah, they, they okay. did, but like, was Zach Taylor some name uh, that people were lusting over as an offensive no. guru? Mm-mm. Not really. He, he was an offensive guy yeah. off of a, wasn't he off the McVay uh, Shanahan tree? Mm-hmm. Rams quarterback coach, yeah. yeah. Did, so, uh, like, ben, he wasn't even a coordinator at the time. How did Ben Johnson's offense look this weekend? Well, like, that that's what I think is interesting in what we were talking about last night here on the show is that Eberflus got the best of him last night. Mm-hmm. I just want someone who is consistent and will take this team. Now, like, I think this is possible. I think it's possible that Eberflus is doing a nice job right now in this moment, keeps his job, but is still not the guy to get us to a Super Bowl. It is possible that they could all come back and get us to a new plateau where they're not winning the ultimate game mm-hmm. and then being removed. Lovey Smith was fired after what? A 10 and 6 season? Yeah, but he also went to the Super Bowl. He did, but he was fired yeah. because the reasoning when Lovey Smith was fired they lost a bunch of games at the end of the season. No, but the reasoning was he doesn't win us enough yeah. games. He mm-hmm. doesn't win the big game. Mm-hmm. He's good, he's consistent for a while, but he doesn't win the ultimate prize. Yeah. I think it's possible that Eberflus wins to a certain extent. To make it difficult for them to just automatically fire him at the end of the season, but he could still not be the right guy. I don't know. I just don't want to go back to ground zero. I, I don't the- want to go back all the way down in the process of building back up again. That That's what I would be concerned over. Let's say they win seven or eight games, right? Seven or eight games. And there's a conversation about Eber. Like we think we both agree that Eberflus will be back seven or eight games, right? Yeah. Now, the only way for me that I'm making a coaching change at that point is if Harbaugh calls the Bears or maybe they do their due diligence and call him and say, hey, would you be interested? I'm in. That's the only way. Yeah. Because he's done it before. He's been to a Super Bowl. He knows everywhere he's gone, he wins. He's got a winning system. He's got a winning culture. That, to me, is different. He's also someone that I think if Fields is playing well, and they do win seven or eight games that he could say, "Hi, hey, I could win with that." Like you can, tra- we can trade the first pick, grab a wide receiver, do whatever you need to do. We'll pick up a quarterback in the third round or whatever, just in case. But like, I can win with him. Look what he did for Alex Smith. Look what he did for Colin Kaepernick. Like he can win. And so that to me is the only way. I don't need someone learning on the job again. I don't need another first timer to come in here whether it's play calling for the offense or whether it's head coach for Matt Eberflus. I don't need another first-timer coming in here and then we start all over again. And then he's making bad mistakes. And yes, I know Eberflus has made bad mistakes, but he's learning. He's not making bad mistakes. He hasn't made any coaching mistakes that I can think of in the last few games. (laughs) 
Yes, which the is last saying few something. Games. He's made mistakes something. this season. And he absolutely, he's made mistakes. And this the Lions season. game, he almost botched because of the eh. you know constantly taking the football first, yeah, and then backing yourself into situations where the opposition can score at the end of the half and get the football back. Mm-hmm. Like that's a dangerous way to live no, your life course, as an course, NFL team. But I think guys can also learn on the job. I think that Getzey can learn on the job. I think that Eberflus the last two years has learned on the job. And I think that you can keep growing with that. Now, if Harbaugh calls you or you call him, I'm, I think they should still call him. Even if it's seven or eight wins, I still think you pick up the phone and gauge the interest. Let's say it this way. If there's a coach out there interested who will absolutely be an upgrade, do it. But if, if you're just taking a flyer on another first-time head coach, don't just change the change. I think that's the way you have to approach it. Joseph in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joseph? Hey, how y'all doing this morning? Thank you. Uh, this evening, I'm sorry. Thank you for taking my call. We're good, man. What's up? It's morning somewhere, What's Joseph. Up? Man, I just want to say, y'all right. Whatever, what y'all saying, y'all absolutely right. I think that we should just keep everything intact because everything is flowing right now. Do not go and pick up no Caleb Williams. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson, Lance Briggs, everybody knows that boy is not no Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the real deal. You know, ain't no quarterback over there in that Pac-12 that don't play nobody ever mount to anything. Yes, they came into the NFL, but they never took no team to the Super Bowl. No quarterback. No quarterback took the team to the NFL over there in that Pac-12, okay? And another thing is, you can keep, you can keep Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator, but go get his friend, Frank Wright. Go get him to get Justin Field um, uh, some help and Luke Gepsey. Go over there and just call him and say, hey, come over here and help me out with Luke. Because Lou, he's still not that experienced. So I think they should go over there and give Frank Wright a call because he's a quarterback. He was a quarterback before, and he's a quarterback coach. And I think he'll get Justin Fields right. So you don't have to change nothing. Just add to that offensive, um, that offensive staff. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks for the call, Joseph. I, I would say this. The Pac-12 this year is probably the best conference in college football. Uh, so if your take is that there are no, there are no good teams in the Pac-12, uh, this is not the year for that. Yeah, this is not. Because the Pac-12 was stacked. You probably could have had two teams in the Loaded. top four if uh, Oregon could have beaten Washington. Black Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We have the song of the night coming up next. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. A lack of lollygagging. So silly. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. We'll continue taking your phone calls on the Bears at 312-332-3776. Each night at around 6.50, we like to play for you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, 
Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Bleck and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song, we go to Men at Work. Who can it be now? From 1981. Each night around 6.50, we play the Song of the Night. Here on Bleck and Abdallah. Men at Work. Who can it be now? your song of the night. Australia's Men at Work. Well, let me tell you a story. Uh, we go back 24 hours from this moment <laughs> when we're sitting at Scratch Public House waiting to start our Bears Night in Chicago show with TJ Edwards. And uh, the bar was cranking out tunes, man. Yeah, they, and they, were. They, they were playing songs. They and really Abdallah were. heard this song played in the bar. It sounded great. He goes, hey, I'm going to text you. What? He goes, we're playing this tomorrow night. Well, I was like, have we done this song? And you go, I don't think so. And then I go, all right, I'm going to text it to you so I don't forget it because... I'm going to text you. I have smoked and eaten a I'm lot like of weed in my I'm day. Right and I, my short-term memory is not the best. I don't need a text. Uh, so I texted you, and then I still remembered it. But see, it was the act of texting you yeah. where I still remembered it anyway. Anyway, this song was written in uh, 1979. The music was written. It wasn't until two years later, 1981, that the lyrics were written because... The lead singer lived next to a drug dealer, and people would always oh. often confuse his apartment, Colin Hayes' apartment, for the for the drug dealer's apartment. So he got nervous answering his door because Who nef- could it be now? nefarious types would be there at all hours of the day asking for drugs when I, he would just go, next door. I once lived with a guy who would have randos Whoa. coming over to Whoa. our place at all Whoa. hours of the night. Name names. Okay. You. Oh, me? Yeah, when we lived in Lakeview for no. six years together. Come on, me? In our 20s. No. <laughs> this is just a banger. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> this is just a banger of a yeah. song. Not this- gonna lie, I thought this was the police when it was playing what? in the bar. Yeah. This saxophone? It sounds very police like. Eh, I can see that. Yeah. Alright, men at work. Who can it be now? It's your song of the night with Black Hand Donald. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's Song of the Night. Yo, Lynn. Do you sound a little bit like Sting? It does. It does sound very police like, yeah, It does. Yeah. It does. Black and Abdullah, we'll be back in two minutes. 
You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.